Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. This is Mark Hyde and Chris Fuller. And on today's episode of Real Talk Christian, we are answering the question, is the church overusing its members? Fuller, you think you got some answers? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Let's find out. Let's go. Thank you for joining us at Real Talk Christian, a place where real Christians talk about real issues impacting the community and the world as it pertains to Christians. Now here are your hosts, Mark Hyde and Chris Fuller. Mark Hyde, how are you this fine evening? What's up, bro? I'm like caffeinated and twitching and and having a good time. I'm like going crazy. This is like... I think my third cup of coffee of the of the good stuff. What is the good stuff, Fuller? The, the good stuff Time is... Time to do a sales pitch. ...is the RTC Costa Rican medium light roasted coffee. Roasted by our very own Chris Fuller. Fuller. <laughs> Bro, so, okay, so the last time we drank this, we drank it, you know, typical drip style, whatever. Yeah, and you made it a little your, your weak. Your boy made it a little weak, but I couldn't make it any stronger. Like, it was... It was we could have added less water. We could have added less water. Yeah, okay. We could have added less water, but you know. But, but we this made a time, French press. It we is. made a French press. We didn't just do French press. We like put way too many grounds in there for oh, what it needs to yeah. be. But My dude, it's pumping. Like, but here's the deal. That's one of the best cups of coffee I've ever had, bro. Thank you. Like I, that's it, amazing. It's funny that we were both like we both took a drink at the same time. So it was like if you guys heard that awkward silence, that's what it was. It wasn't awkward to us, bro. No, it was. It was. It was, it was oh, it's magical. Magical beans, like Jack and the Beanstalk. Oh. RTC magical bean coffees. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there's no. <laughs> there's no transition out of that, dude. Yeah, that's, there's absolutely it's no a golden goose, though, transition man. out of that, dude. Well, hey, we are talking about a conversation. We're jumping into this probably faster than any other conversation we've ever had. That's because we're like caffeinated. We're caffeinated. <laughs> we've been jamming in music for hours. We've been hanging out. It's late. It's, it's a good time. Right. It's a good time. But we're asking the question today, and this was a question that you had, not me. This no. was one of your questions, no. wasn't it? No, this was posed by Paul Lindgren. <gasps> Our boy Paul. Our boy Paul's like, hey man, you know, nobody talks about this. Let's uh why don't you guys answer this question for me? I'm like, we'll, we'll try. <laughs> let's let's talk about Paul for a second. He just created a new intro song so for us. Paul is working on a new album. Mm-hmm. He actually just he's so he's gonna release each track as a single. Okay. And then eventually he's going to put them all together as a CD. And it's an instrumental CD. And the new intro we have is called Joy. Yep. That he wrote for our podcast, which inspired him to make the CD on the fruits of the spirit. And so each song is going to be based off of that fruit. Right. And it's all instrumental, no lyrics. It's just the feeling that he portrays for each of those fruits. So I'm curious what the uh, what some of those are going to be like. I know. Like, 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 <laughs> oh, pe- like when excited. you think of like peace, like, you know, that's probably a standard, a lot of arpeggios and pads and... Yeah. But I'm like self-control. What do you do for like self-control? Ooh. You know? Oh, is is Mr. Self, Lindgren. Is 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 self-control gonna be more like very textbook by the book type orchestral? Is mm. I don't know, dude. I don't know what he's gonna do. Maybe it's some jazz. No, know. see that's that's more like 
Maybe. I don't know. Patience. He should have a 20-minute long song for patience. <laughs> 20 minute long instrumental. <laughs> and we know Paul listens to our podcast, so he's listening right now. Self-control should be all grunge guitar. <laughs> Just throwing it out there, man. Like, oh. <laughs> and then do 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 do. Yeah, but that's that's going to be fresh. But either way, we we got some new stuff coming out. Yeah. Um John Tibbs gave us some new stuff to release to our our listeners, which was super super cool. Yeah, and we're coming all out with new content that. all the time. We got stuff coming out new with Dudes and Dads, our first mashup, right? With another podcast next ever. week. Next week, so stay tuned for that. So a lot of big 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 things happening in RTC, yeah, bro. Definitely, definitely. And so. we still got some tricks up our sleeves. You, we got a few things up. You our know, sleeves. your boys got you guys covered. You know, but hey, so this is back to Paul Lindgren. This was a question. Well, he sends like 20,000 questions, but this was one of the questions. I think it was like 35 things, like it was topics ridiculous. that he would love to hear. It was ridiculous. And we always encourage all of our listeners, hey, if you got a topic that you want to hear about or hear us talk about, send it to us. And if you want to hear your voice on the podcast, send us a voice memo. Pull out that oh. iPhone, record a voice memo, DM us, Facebook message us, yeah. our, our email. Right. You can email it over to us, whatever works for you. And that and works for yeah, me. We'll just go ahead and plug you right in. We'll do it, man. And, and we can hear your it. wonderful voice on RTC. But so today's question is, is the church overusing its members? So, Mark, oh, geez. I'm going to pose that question to you. What, no, no, I'm posing it to you. <laughs> hey, in my show notes, it says posted for Mark. Well, that's because you wrote this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's talk about it a little all right, bit. All right. Pose your question, bro. Pose your question. Right. Is the church overusing their members. That's the question I posed to you. That was the question that was posed to me, and now we're here to discuss it. But let's let's jump into a, a few little statistics. Oh, we first. like our stats. Yeah, especially you. Yep. But I, I went ahead and threw some in there for you. Three wing two, baby. Let's go. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Come on, type eight. Give it to me. Statistically, 20% of the congregation at the average church, church is doing 80% of the work, while the rest of the congregation is merely spectating. That is from Heartsome.edu. Now, what is Heartsome.edu? Yeah. I mean, obviously, EDU is an educational website. Right. Yeah, it's some some college. <laughs> it's some random <laughs> college. That's. I'm pulling them up right now. If my internet is working or not. I yeah, I, I think it went to bed. You know. Oh, there it is. Hartford Seminary. Oh, okay, it's a seminary. It's Heartsome. Heartsome. Yeah, Heartsome. Anyways. Yeah, I, hmm. I, I I wrote these show notes like four weeks ago, so I don't quite remember. Oh, don't admit that. You know. But either, either way, so this seminary who did the research said that the average statistic is 20% of congregational members do which, the serving 80 Which we've heard. A, I mean, I've heard a lot. I don't know about you. The 80-20 principle, you know? Right, exactly. So the question really should be, are the members that are serving burnt out because there are not enough people willing to serve? I think mm. would be the better question rather than is the church overusing the members who are serving. So do you want me to answer that question now? Or um should we should we should we set the stage a little bit let's, more? Let's set it a little bit more. Okay. So I'm not saying that every church is, is that way. Uh I, you know, I think at Southside but stats we're probably, or stats. Stats yeah, or stats. Right. I, I think, you know, at Southside we're probably like fifty to seventy five percent, maybe somewhere around in that range, maybe a little lower, but it's hard. It's hard to serve. put that stat because what's serving? You know, like what's right. the definition of serve? You know, I, I think they're you know ser- serving some way, shape, or form, even if it's not on a regular basis. You know, serving at VBS maybe like once a month, once every six. Months. You know, th- there's some th- some people that are serving every week, and then there's some that just serve on a. Yeah, I would say Southside. Yeah. We probably have over an eighty percent in some way, shape, or form. 
yeah. between security, kids ministry, student ministry, worship ministry, tech. Right. I mean, it's the culture's changed a little bit in the last or since I've been there at Southside, but I know before I came, they were pushing hard of if you're here, your job is to serve. This is not a country club. This is a church. Like we're supposed to serve each other. Right. Um, but yeah, so I would say Southside, we're definitely probably closer to that flip where I would say probably 80% of the members yeah. serve in some way, shape, or form. Right. Depends on what your definition of serve is. You know? Well, yeah, how often you serve or whatever. Right, but, correct. Uh, so, I mean, outside of Southside, let, let's talk about the 2080 rule. So why do you think 20% actually... Uh, get involved and serve. I mean, what, what's uh, what's kind of your thoughts on this? All of this is just conversation. Yeah, and, yeah. Honest and, and opinion. Thoughts. Yeah, people are lazy. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll talk it from a South Side perspective. Okay. This is an area that um, Pastor Scott and and Laura, his wife, are probably masters at. They're they're mm. master recruiters. Um, now we're we're still working in. Okay, once we recruit, how do we continually pour into them? We're working right. on that right now. Um, but Scott and Laura, or they legitimately are the best recruiters I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is our churches has so many people serving is because they do a personal one-on-one ask for everything. Okay. And it's not just a, hey, if you're willing, it's like, hey, we, we need someone here. Have you thought about serving here? No? Well, you should. Let me know what mm-hmm. your thoughts are next week. Like, bam, yeah. no questions. Right. VBS, most people are asked one-on-one. And and we've actually have seen, and this is actually a kind of a fact, it's a, it's a different mindset. Maybe we're going too deep too quick, but it's a different mindset in cultures. Like, there's the older generation, and I'll, I'll call it like it is. They think an altar call is not an altar. Yeah, they think an altar call is good enough. An altar call is mm. good enough to someone to follow Jesus. So an altar call is good enough for you to get a church announcement out. Right. So I've had so many old people say, hey, we need help with this. Can you from the pulpit? My answer is no, because I already have other things that are announced, and people don't listen to announcements. And hey, I listen to them. <laughs> do you, though? Yes, I do. Oh, because most people don't. Um, that's why. But if you watch, I only really give one or two announcements per yeah. week. I mean, very rarely you'll do like four, but it's on a rare occasion. Very rare, because you remember like the first big, one, you're right. kind of in about the second one. The third one, like I'll... like. I won't just say no to the senior saints. Normally at the end, it'll be like, oh, and just remember, we have Juana and Youth Group Sunday nights, senior lunches, this coming. Like, mm-hmm. I just go boom, 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 see you later, which is in, it's in the bulletin. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, the personal ask is what makes people want to serve. Mm-hmm. Just saying it from the pulpit, asking people to just the, hey, serve, or Facebook post, hey, we're looking for people to serve. Most people won't do that. Now, so why I think that there's a big 2080 principle is the fact of, a, people are scared to make the ask, which I am. I'm very scared to make the ask. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, we get content. Like, mm-hmm. we have the same people doing the same thing, so we don't need to develop and, and, and grow those leaders. Like, I think of one person in particular at our church. Um, she leads, like, two or three different ministry teams. Right. But she is wise enough to know, okay, I can't be the sole director. So even though she's the head, she's like, all right, this person is in charge of the... Um, this person is actually running senior lunch, even though right. she's the contact person. This person is running our, um, uh, they call them hostesses, but they're really not. It's more like if we need food or set up for food or all these different things for different events like Easter breakfast or pastor's dinners or things like that. She coordinates that. Well, she's also the head of our first impressions team, our greeters team. Mm-hmm. So she oversees three huge teams, 
but she is a wonderful delegator. But I actually check in with her every single month to make sure, are you okay? Are you right. overstressed? Is this too much? How can I help? All, all these different things. Um, but at the end of the day, I think 20% of the people are the ones who serve is because those are the ones that see the value mm-hmm. in serving, and churches are just content with those people doing all the work because they're consistent and they're faithful. Mm. Um, a sin of mine is I'm too prideful to ask for help. Gotcha. And the reason is, is because I know I get the job done and I know it's done correctly according to my own standard. And if it fails, who else is there to blame but me? Right. Whereas if I have other people leading other ministries and all of a sudden they mess up or they do it wrong and then it comes back and it's like, oh, why didn't this happen? And it comes back and it hurts me. It hurts my reputation. It hurts my my persona. Right. Um, it hurts my leadership skills because I trusted these people and they mm-hmm. failed me. Right. So I don't want to I don't want to deal with that. So I'll just do it myself. So a lot of times if we know this specific, uh, this specific person will serve in all areas, we just let them do it because we know that they have the same mindset where they're going to do it and do it right. That's my two cents. All right. I'm ready to rebuttal. All right. <laughs> no, not rebuttal. Just give you my two cents. Uh, I'm going to think broader outside of Southside. Yeah, no, no. Do it. And, and, and Southside's my context. So that's where I serve. That's where I get paid. That's, yeah, that's I'm your, a pastor. That's your world. It's my world. <laughs> it's where I live. You know? Go ahead. All right. So my two cents is... Um, it's twofold why there's, well, there's two sides of the coin. So 20% of the people serve and 80% of the people don't serve in majority of churches according to the statistics. Um, the reason why 80% of the people don't serve is is actually multiple reasons, I believe. You know, yes, I believe that there is some laziness, but I also believe in, in busyness of life. That's true. You know, I and not that it's, not that it's, oh, I'm going to go, you know, get my nails done right. over, over serving. It's more of like, like my wife, you know, I've got three kids under three that she takes care of. So when does she have time to serve? Right. And I, so I think it'd be good in a little bit, talk about the age groups and yeah, cause those definitely. are different. I'm, right. I'm more talking about the, the, those who are like empty nesters and things like yep, that. Yep, yep, I mean, I'm, lazy. Yep. You know? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm getting into that. Yeah, so, so the other, off. My bad. so the other flip side that I have to that is that I believe when leadership finds people that are willing to serve because they've had so many not serving, I believe they rely and put ask more things of the people that are the yes type people that I will continue to do it because um, I want to serve. I want to be faithful to God. I know we're called to serve. And so I'm going to do whatever is asked of me to the best of my ability as far as like time-wise, job-wise, stuff like that. Uh, I think of uh, Paul Lindgren. Mm. Paul Lindgren is a guy that will say yes. If he can if he can do it and make it work with his schedule and his family's schedule, he will say yes. Um, so he serves as a musician uh, and, you know, practices and every single week. I mean, he's not paid staff. No. But he puts in the time like paid staff on top of his job, on top of his family. He's a dad. He's a husband. Right. Yeah. So uh, for him, he, you know, he, he gets burned out. He gets a lot of irons in the fire, as I like to say. Mm. And um, I think that happens a lot and not not on purpose. I don't think leadership is doing it on purpose. I think that, and you may be able to speak to this because you're a leader and an elder in the church, but I think a lot of the times it's because you've asked so many people and only 20% are saying yes. So you know those 20% of the people will say yes, so you're going to ask them and ask them and ask them and ask them, and you're not even going to worry about the other 80% because you've been told no so many times. Right. So, and that, I think that's the the – 
two sides of that coin. You know, that there's that the it's partly I don't want to say laziness, but contentness. Oh, on okay. The, on the comfort la- level on the, on the leadership side, and it's it's the same on the um, congregation side. It's it's both sides are doing the same thing. They're a little bit lazy, you know. Uh, may have busyness of life, comfort level. I think comfort yeah, and, level and, on and both sides. And I don't want to say. I mean, I will say laziness was kind of more of a joke, but no, but, but it's at true. the same time, but I, I I'm more think, thinking of those people where you know. There's a couple people at a different church I was at, not the mm-hmm. one, not Southside, but right. other because I've I've been on staff at other one other church as an intern, and and there were a lot of people there, and it's like okay, so you don't have any kids, you're still able bodied, but you don't do anything, y- you know? Yes, like I'm talking like mid fifties, yeah, late fifties. It's get- like why why don't you want to serve? I mean, you have time, you just don't want to do it. Uh, not everybody you know? is gifted in the way that the uh, church building needs them to be gifted. Okay. So um, I don't think, and, and again, some of it's the comfort level. Okay. Um, and we can talk about that from a church staff yeah, standpoint. And I, right. I, I know like like we're kind of like fumbling over this, this part right now. Um, well, it's trying to formulate and, and kind of give both sides the story right on I, I think you know because looking at it, I think in one sense a lot of people don't serve I would say a because the leadership is failing mm-hmm. um, but then on the other side in, in terms of okay like this is a shortcoming I have as a leader so I was at a church who did overuse their members right um, in fact me as a volunteer, I was asked to operate as if I was a part-time staff. Right. And I like 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 Paul and and for me I'm not one to say no and I like that. I'm right. okay with that. But at the same time, I didn't have any kids. It was just mm-hmm. me me and my wife and it was no kids, no dogs, no nothing and and so we could do it. Right. But other families that had kids is like, man, that's hard. So for me as a leader, the I I am so worried about burnout and I'm so worried about inconveniencing people that I actually have a low ask. Right. I have a um, low committal ask, which isn't right. always good. It's more like, hey, if you want to help, that'd be cool, but you don't really have to. It, it, it's all right. But if you do, that's awesome. Like, great. But then on the other side, so so that that's not my fault. Right. But the other part, I think, is the fact of um, pastors are so, and, I, and let's just say pastors, staff members, whatever term you want to use, we're so busy on focusing on doing the ministry that right. we don't get to think about the ministry. So... Mm. Um, for example, uh, th- this is one area that, that I've been working on is, uh, how do we make visitors acclimated quickly in terms of how do we get people to go from guests to friends and friends to family? Mm-hmm. Um, that's been kind of what I've been charged to, to, to figure out. And, and one of the issues I've been having is I've been so busy doing all these different things that I don't get to step back and look, okay, how can a volunteer run this? What areas do I need help with? Where can I pass this off? And then more than just that, a lot of pastors like to just say, oh, you want to be a Sunday school teacher here? Cool, sweet. Here's some curriculum. Go have fun. Right. Rather than how can we constantly continue to train and develop and have conversations and have follow-ups and make you a better leader? So, yes, you might not feel equipped and qualified to do such, but I can get you to that point to be able to train you where you're confident in actually doing such. Well, I'll, I'll you know give, what I mean? I'll give you an example. Um, we, Janelle and I were at a previous church before Southside, and the worship 
leader uh, was not paid staff. He, he had another job, but he mm-hmm. was full-time worship leader. Which we had for a couple years at Southside with Randy. Right. So uh, they, <clears throat> you know, he took a lot on his plate, but every year they made him take a certain amount of time. I think it was like six weeks or eight weeks that he had to take off in a row. In a like, row. Like they made him take it off because they didn't want him to get burned out, right? So mm-hmm. they're, they're concerned about him. They're not just passing hey, I've started this ministry, I'm going to pass it off to a volunteer, and now it's that volunteer's responsibility. Um, they t- still had ownership over it and w- made sure to keep checking in with the volunteer, whereas I feel at a lot of churches, and I'm not saying Southside, but a lot of churches that I've visited, it's like Sunday school teacher, here's your curriculum, it's you. Go get it. Uh, I expect you to continue to run this for years to come. And it's like, whoa, you know, maybe people only want to do it for a couple months or maybe a couple weeks or whatever, you know, just fill in from time to time. And so I think that's where there's a disconnect. And that's, I believe, why some members of volunteers get burned out. Mm. And I think that that's why some members of the congregation um, are scared to get involved. Hmm. Okay. So it's someone's perspective of if I do this, I may be stuck doing this in right, forever yeah. rather than giving a, Hey, you're signing up for six months. You're signing up for a year. You're right. signing up for a quarter or, right. or anything like that. Or you're signing up for every other week, you know, right. for Which, a couple and, months. And I'll say whatever. this, like we have a very, very, this is the problem with, with our church right now is we have so many people serving in our children's ministry that we tried to start a junior church. Someone tried to start that on their own. Um, this is going to sound bad. We, we kind of called it where they were doing it on their own and they wanted to do it their way, but they got burnt out in right. like eight months. Right. And and some of that is they didn't find other people to help them. They didn't ask them to come along right. and come along for the ride. Something that I have found very beneficial, this is not necessarily... I've seen this in the children's department, let's put it that way, is if you can equip volunteers to go recruit other volunteers that is always the best way to do it. Right. So rather than the pastor asking every single person, if, for example, you're on the worship team, you meet a musician, is like, dude, you need to come serve with me. Or right. um, our nursery people do this, our toddler people, where it's like the other toddler workers are the ones trying to find more people to come serve with them. Right. Um, I've been trying to do that with the the AV team, where it's like, look, if you don't want to be on here every other week, go find me somebody. But And, you know? and also on the flip side, I mean... Um, if you have only certain people doing it and they are getting burned out, um, is that ministry portion of it necessary? Like, it's, it's children's ministry. Is it necessary? No, I don't. I mean, my, my personal opinion, no. I mean, they can sit in church with their parents. Is, you know, a worship team, is that necessary? No, you got voices. You, you can, can do sing it just old school. Yeah, or just do it old school style, just voices if you didn't have anybody. You know what I mean? Right. So there's, there's certain aspects of Sunday gathering that, um, if there's no volunteers and then, then, Hey, the best thing to do is shut it down. Cause then you're going to get volunteers. <laughs> right. So, so I think we need to make sure we say this now, in your opinion, if you're a part of a church, should you volunteer in some way, shape or form? I believe if God leads you that way. Yes. Okay. And what I mean by lead is you're gifted in an area, um, and you feel that you could help. And obviously, there's stages of life where you have to take that into account. Oh, like, yeah. like, let's be honest, Janiel has now three kids yeah, under three. I've, I've like, stepped away. I mean, I was helping with Sunday school. I was on the worship team, and I've consistently. I was stepped. I've stepped away from all that because my wife needs help. I mean, that's just the way it is. And it was like, well, do, do I choose to serve in this way, or do I choose to serve in, in our podcast? And I believe that I 
I can be a better service in our podcast ministry that we have here. Um, that could be more effective and it doesn't require as much time as what those other things did. You know, when I was helping with Sunday school, you, you know, cause you, you're the youth pastor, but you know, you're studying all week, you're preparing lesson all week for that week. And then, you know, I was doing that and on the worship team. So I had Thursday night practice, I had to be there first thing Sunday morning, you know, and I, then, you know, yeah. you didn't know how to get the kids to church right. by yourself or right. you had to go home and help. Right. So yeah, it, it can be a lot and it can be overwhelming. Plus working a full-time job, you know, and crazy hours. And um, so for me and, and my family, I, we made the choice that uh, that the podcast ministry is what we're going to do, Real Talk Christian, and yep. that I was going to step away from everything else for this time and season. So, But, I mean, as my kids grow, obviously I will get back involved because I know I have gifts and um, I have a heart to serve. But I, I, believe, I don't believe everybody has that heart to serve in the church, that they may be serving outside the church in ways that the church doesn't even know. Right, and that's, that's what my thought just, that, that, that just crossed my radar right, right now. Because if you think about what the church is, the church is people, the church is not a building. Right. And, and now, thankfully, we also have a pastor who has said from the pulpit for years, God did not give us this property so you could go mow the grass. Right. And so that way we could have a pretty looking building. Like that's, Sure, yeah, you're serving on the on the the maintenance team for the physical building. We appreciate right. that. We need that. Thank you. But that's not what it's all about. We're about bringing people, you know, bringing the, bringing the kingdom of God to people by telling right. them and, and what can we do to serve in well, those realities and, and take care of one another. And you, you have know? you have to remember you have to keep your priorities straight. Right. First, one and only, you serve God. That's number one priority. Number two, if you're married, you serve your spouse. Number three, you serve your family. And then number four, you serve your church and others. So, do you think there's ever a time where it's okay for those to come out of like those to go out of that order? Where God first, let's keep God first. But there's sometimes where serving. I mean, because let's be honest, if you're serving, that requires some sort of a sacrifice, mm-hmm. whether it's time or right. money or mm-hmm. you know weekends or, or whatever. But is there ever a time where you know for this season, serving the church has to trump? Family, no, no, I I totally disagree with that, and the reason being is we're supposed to okay. Well, I'll start with the husband wife relationship first. You're you're supposed to love your spouse. The husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church. So, would you say it's okay for you want Christ to reprioritize love in the church? If we're comparing to that, no, right. Christ always loves the church. He right. serves the church. We serve him. He serves the church. He came as a servant. So we are are called to to serve our wives first. That's who we are one with. Mm-hmm. That's the union right there. Because he who loves himself, number two, loves his wife. Yeah, we're called to train up our children in the ways of the Lord. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's got to be our next priority. So that's our family. And when I mean family, I mean in your immediate household. You know, extended family. Okay, I think that that falls in the realm of brothers and sisters in the church. That's who you serve. So that's the number four. Gotcha. So do you think it's more so the fact of, I love how this was a lot of these questions were posed to me, but I'm flipping them. Um, do you <laughs> think the fact that the American church maybe has gotten church wrong and that's required a lot of serving in other ways? You know. Give me some like, examples. Like, okay, so I think about it this way. Like uh, the American church, Christendom, Western Christianity, we have buildings that need to be taken care of. Right. We have worship services that need to be performed. Right. We have, and, and because of technology, we have to have other people serving in those ways. Right. Um, we have children's ministry for all those. And now that 
I believe is because we've even talked about that for our own small group where it's like, okay, do we have one family or person per week take the kid and do a special little thing with the kids while the others have right. small group time? <coughs> and then student ministry as well. Like, honestly, I'll be the youth pastor who says student ministry is not from the Bible. The Bible right. doesn't talk about student ministry. It talks right. about older teaching the younger. That's right. what it talks about. Student um, ministry. <laughs> that's what we call it nowadays. That's yeah. that's that's what we call it. Um, but 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 the, isn't it funny? Uh, just to pose this real okay. fast. I, I realize you're the youth pastor. I'm not undermining you by say, talking about your age. But isn't it funny that the person who's teaching the young is only ten years, ten years or a little more th- older than them? But the people that have like life experience or retired don't seem to have a whole lot of interest in helping train up the the Gen Z generation. Yo, so you ready for this? So um, I'm a part of three different student ministry Facebook groups. I think the biggest one might have 12,000 youth pastors in it right now. The youth ministries that are killing it are the ones with the the baby boomers right. as their leaders. Right. Like there's a, there was a, I, I remember, I will never forget this picture. This was years ago. Um, Fortnite was huge, right? Right. This Small group leader who was in the student ministry. He was in his sixties, maybe early seventies. Mm-hmm. That and he was a junior high boy small group leader, and that's all they did. So you know what he did? He went out and bought a system to start playing Fortnite, and the kids were teaching him how to play hmm. because he's like, if I need to invest in these kids, I need to get in their world and be able he was to becoming be there. a Roman to win a Roman, right? And but at the end of the day, he was the older teaching the younger with all these right. experiences. And you know, for me, I, I look at it and I ask this question now, like. I was hired at 21 right. to be the youth pastor. <laughs> Pretty young. Like I look but but I look back and that's what churches always always do is they hired right. the youngest guy ever. And now I look at it for me at 28, I finally have a kid who's four and a half and right. another one is 14 months. So now I can relate to parents some the fact of like look, I'm trying to raise my kid, but I have some age and some experience where I'm not making stupid decisions all the time. But in terms of seeing the future, but you're you're in the you same know. you're in the same spot I am. We're we're young enough that we can't re- can't really connect with the baby boomers as far as raising teenagers. Right. No. And we're old, the, old enough. Don't even have teenagers now. Gen X. Is, well, yeah. And so, and then we're old enough to where we've been so far removed from high school mm-hmm. that it's hard for us to really understand what they're going through. As high schoolers, I'm basically Gen Z, so I'm I. Yeah, but you're not going through the same things they're going through on a daily basis. Oh heavens basis. no, no, and, and I admit and, that. And and the school system is different now than it was 10, 15 years ago. Hundred percent. And so we don't we we may know with knowledge from what people tell us what it's like, but we have not experienced it, and so it's a different realm. Right. But anyways, that's a big tangent. We no, visit. no, but <laughs> but I'm going to segue back into it using the tangent. Okay, so ahead. the youth pastor is kind of the liaison between the students and the parents. Like that's right. that's kind of one of the goals. My job is to minister to the teens, but my job is also to help the parents understand this generation, how they can best... I, I don't know what it's like to raise a teenager because I don't have one. Right. And I'm not going to be the first to be bold enough to say, oh, here's how you raised, like, here's why right. your teenager resulted in this and this. I don't know what it's like to raise a teenager. Right. I know what it's like to raise a toddler. Right. And starting to raise, you know, a preschooler and a kindergartner. Like, I'm getting there. Um, but I can help parents understand, like, hey, look, these are the stuff your teen is dealing with. I might not be able to tell you how to parent, but I can give you resources and my connections that do it. But this is why, for me as a leader, I need to make sure that I have older generations coming and serving the teenagers. Yeah. Now, this is where I get very nervous, though, in all honesty, is 
Um, like I've had some senior saints who have said, oh, I want to come down and, and, and talk to the teenage girls about modesty. I'm like, well, with that lead, that's a no. Because you you don't want to get to know my teens, you just want to preach at my teens, right? And teens don't do well with preaching, yeah, and they and, want a relationship the, first. So so I heard, you know, what you just said about how you're the kind of li- li- liaison between the teens and their parents. I'm trying right? to be, yeah. I get that, but that's not your. That shouldn't. Be, it it is your role, but it shouldn't be your role, because parents should be serving and teaching their children. Right to a yep. way that they have that relationship and they can talk about those types of things. And I'm not trying to tell people how no. to raise their but, kids, but, but the teens won't. Like they won't talk to their parents, mom and dad. You know, I get it. I I get the yeah because yeah, why would I want to get in trouble or why would you know I can't I can't divulge this stuff. But um, there needs to be communication there uh, between the parents and the teens, and the older generation should be helping you help them. You know what I mean? It's a trickle down effect. That's the, the people in their sixties, seventies should be teaching people in their fifties. People in their fifties should be teaching people in their thirties and so on and so forth. It's that one-on-one discipleship. Right. Exactly. That, that, that we're trying to go through, which we don't have anymore. Right. No. And, and, um, that's something we're talking about and we're working on. There's a huge disconnect between Gen X Baby boomers, well, baby boomers, Gen X, I think they get along pretty well. But between Gen X and millennials, it's very, very scarce. Yeah, anytime there's a two or three generation gap, there's a big right. disconnect. And I heard a really good lecture on on that, um, where instead of going, okay, boomer, a boomer's goal should be, or a millennial should be going, okay, boomer, like, yeah, like, that's cool. Let's let's figure this out together. It like was a me. fun, yes, exactly. That's why we work well <laughs> together. Um, but no, at, at the end of the day, though, and, and, Speaking of Southside and, and serving and our, is the church overusing its members, I feel like our church actually is missing a generation, too. Right. We're, we're missing the empty nesters. We don't have a lot of empty nesters. Right. We have some senior saints who are in their 70s and 80s. I like that, senior saints. Senior saints. That's a nice way to put it. Um, and But they're not always super involved. Right. There's some that are, but a lot that aren't. But we, we're missing a big gap that that loves to serve and and, and get involved and do these all these different things. Um no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, so, so we, you know, we've kind of got off at a tangent. I'm gonna try to bring us, yeah, let's bring it back, bring, bring it, it back, back around. Um, since we're talking about the differences in generations, um, who should be serving? Should it be the younger people, the young family, the older family, the no kid crowd that serve? I mean, who, who do you think should really be serving? Everyone, but in in all honesty. My big answer is the biggest servers in the church should be the empty nesters. I know that's a weird, weird thought, and this is the reason why. Um, being a young family, it's hard, man. Like it's yep, hard to it have is. kids, yep. and now that's not an. Ex- I mean, because let's, but but you know, um, you still served in Awana. Um, Janiel always seemed to be having a baby right around Awana, so that doesn't help. <laughs> um, but you know, our small group. Everyone in our small group serves in at least two different areas, it seems like, whether yeah. security or grounds or even teaching small group leaders for youth group, right. toddlers, children, ministry, babies, whatever. They all serve in various, various realms. Um, but because of those time commitments, it's very hard. And mm-hmm. then I got parents who are um, I, a lot of my leaders at youth group are parents. And um, they flat out said, I can't be exactly what I feel like I need to be because my own kid has games every single night and then there's right. family and there's all these different things. 
But then there's that that gap of I think of my mom who's empty nester, mid fifties. Like my mom just wants to serve, man. Right. Like that's all this lady wants to do, and that's. But she's also a servant. Like like she's a Martha. She ain't no Mary. She ain't got time for Marys. Like she's right. she, if someone's got to stir the cook, like stir the chili, she's gonna do it. Like she, that's my she's mom. a Martha. <laughs> exactly. Like I'm I'm just like my mom. Yeah. Um, but we don't have a lot of that generation at our at our church, and I feel like that's a generation that has the ability to do such and mm-hmm. has the time and 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 not just the time, but the wisdom to be able to do that and to pour into others, you know. But most people, not that I'm trying to call people no, go old, ahead. but most people that are empty nesters, they don't have the same stamina as people that are younger. Right. Right. Because I mean, they go to work all day and most people, you know, I think of, uh, I think of Jan Pfeiffer. Yep. And she works some crazy long hours. She does. And that lady has the biggest and heart she, in the world for she serving. She is serving. Her like and Conley crazy. both. I man. know. And you can just see some nights how wore out she is. And it's right. like, she's, she, her heart is wonderful, and I love her to death. But but she gets tired, man. Heck yeah. Uh, but uh, then I look at somebody like Jagger, and not to call you out, Jagger. Sorry, What's up, Jag? But Jagger's always full of energy. Like he's got, and that's just because of he because doesn't of need it. caffeine. That's just because of the age. I mean, when you're younger, you have more energy. When when you're older, you start slowing down. Your body starts wearing down, and that's just the way it is. So I get what you're saying. Um, but I can see the other call for hey, maybe younger people. Hey, you know that's what. I, I could see the conversation being like the older people going, the younger people should serve because you know that they have more energy. They have this. I, you know, I've got my job. It wears me out. And then I can see the young, younger people like what you were just saying. Well, they're empty nesters. They don't have all this stuff going on. They don't have games. They don't have small families. They don't have. So right. I can see both sides of it. Uh, my opinion is if you're able to serve, serve. If you're able and you have the heart, serve. So let me ask Some you this ways, then, because let's talk. You know, staff member, clergy to ch- church member. Like that's 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 our that's oh. our relationship right now. Oh boy, what can us church leaders do to help protect our people from burning out? Whatever you want, Pastor. Oh. <laughs> no, uh, uh, can you can you tithe a little bit more <laughs> specifically to line five one five? Just put five one five in all your tithing. Instead checks. of that's my instead budget. of ten percent, we're gonna go ahead and raise the taxes here to twenty five, and, <laughs> and and make the rest go to five one five. Line five one five. That's my line. That's my youth budget. Anyways, line. I'm sorry, I was being no, but, but so what's, so what's what can again? what can we do as pastors to make sure let's take a two-sided coin to make sure that you as a volunteer does not get burnt out mm. but also what expectations should we have on a church member mm. um i think the biggest thing that that leader paid staff should remember is that it's not our we're not getting paid like we have to go to another job. So if we're unable to serve or if we're exhausted and need a break or such things like that, um, be understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you guys are pretty good at it. I'm just speaking in generalities here. Um, I know in previous churches um, of friends that I've talked to or churches I've gone to, uh, paid staff seems to forget that they think, hey, I got all this time and I got to, you know, I got to do this on this night, but you got to remember it's part of your job and, and you're getting right. paid to do that. Whereas and I'm, a lot of times I can move my schedule around where if I'm going to be at church till midnight, right. I don't have to go in the morning. Right. And where 
you know, a lot of church members, most church members have a paid job they have to go to, and then they're going just to volunteer. So it's like working two jobs Mm -hmm. rather than... And so I I think a lot of pastors, at least what I've seen in the past, tend to forget those, and I don't think it's on purpose. They just... It's one of those things that kind of like, oh, slips my mind. Like, hey, I'm doing this and this night, and I need help and volunteers. And so... um, that's that's one thing. Um, I think another thing is, is is leadership needs to realize if you don't have enough volunteers to sustain it without people getting burned out, don't do it. Look at it as it is it really worth it. Which that's why we don't have children's church over first grade. Right. We exactly. tried twice, and it's it causes disappointment when right. when pe- parents are like, oh, well, why don't you have this anymore? Well, why don't you step up and serve? Right. Yeah. If, if, and, that's, you know? and that's what if if I was the leader and somebody said, well, we want this, be like. Get the volunteers and and you take over because that'll be and, you. And, and that's where it's hard as a leader because oh man, Scott's really good. Uh, we've had people step up the volunteer to do certain things, and we're like, mm, we don't know if if that's the right role for you. Yeah, you, you, you know, and, and that's rude to say, um, but it's more of I won't go into that. Yeah, because that's very specific. Right. Uh, but but that's the question of of at what point? Like I think worship, we got six people on stage usually. Right. If it's a good weekend, we got six people on stage. We got some two people in the sound booth, someone on or in the AV booth, another person on the floor with the right. soundboard itself. Um, you know, all of a sudden we got up to ten people leading worship. When how right. many do we actually need? Right, maybe two. One for singing and playing, and the other person to make sure it's just turned on. You, 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 yeah, or I, even I Soche mean, could turn it on if he wanted to by himself. I mean, yeah, I mean, but is, is it you know? It's one of those things of hey, do you have the volunteers? Right now, we have people willing to do. Right, so let's go often. for it. So do go for it, but then realize that that people might get tired and and need a break, and, and you guys and have be to, prepared and have those conversations, right, and have backup plans for that. And I mean, obviously, we're blessed enough to have a worship pastor. A lot of churches don't even have a paid staff member to do worship, so they have you guys, let alone have a full time paid pastor. Right, like we have so, three. Right, so just realize that. Uh, you can praise the Lord without instruments and without microphones and sound systems. You, you can children's church. They did it before. Yep. Yeah. It can all happen again. Um, now, if God's blessed you to be able to have those things, great. You know, if you have musicians, utilize them, especially if they're willing to serve. Um, I, I would say, don't pressure. Uh, the one thing that bugs me the most um, about a church is if you make me feel guilty for not serving. Like that's the one thing that makes me like, well, I'm not serving now. If you're going to try to do the guilt trip on me, like I, I, I despise it. If you're going to try to guilt trip me and be like, you need to serve because God says you need to serve, and if you don't serve, you might want to look at. There your- are some churches where they will they they renew membership every year, and yeah. they have to have like if if people aren't you know like attending regularly, giving regularly, serving regularly, it's like nope, try again. But where is membership in the Bible? It's not exactly. So to me, if a church is going to do that. I'm just gonna go find another church. No, like, I will say we personal. don't. We don't do that. No, we don't. We do don't. <laughs> no, nope. we don't do that. Requirements for membership at our church is regularly kind of attend, right? Be baptized and be a Christian. And, and, and <laughs> I mean, there's other. And so things here's too, where but. I'm wrestling with things. You know, it's the fact of, and, and I feel a little guilty for this, but my job as a pastor, uh, according to Ephesians four, is to equip the saints to yep. do the ministry. Right. So. In your opinion, how can I equip the saints for ministry to help them do the work? Because because it's not my job to do the work of the ministry. My job is to equip the saints to mm-hmm. do the ministry. That, that's that's the my pur- job as a pastor. That's the purpose of Sunday gatherings. We've had this conversation before, mm-hmm. is to equip the saints, right? Right. So 
how your question was how do you equip how do i equip with how did paul equip how did peter equip did they did they preach from the pulpit go out and serve or did they teach the gospel of christ and teach others how to teach the gospel of christ and send them out i think both Definitely, definitely both. They, they, there was definitely I mean, it, sermons it, in the in the Bible, but at the end yeah, of the day, they were. It's a different. It was a different culture, though, too, because they didn't have this big, elaborate building that had to be maintained. They didn't have all these other things. It was. That had to be it done. was. Let's be. Let's let's be honest. It's a lot of the church started as grassroots. Right. A bunch of but, people getting together to worship. Again, we've already said that the church is not a building; it's the people. Right. So, but we see, uh, you know, Paul sending Titus and sending Timothy to these churches to lead right. these churches. So there right. was obviously a person who was. The, the 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 head the leader of these specific churches Correct, in yeah. these specific areas. You, you know what Paul did. You know what Peter did. They made disciples, just like Christ did. And they, as Christ sent out his disciples, they sent out their disciples. Mm. And, and and that's that's the way it's supposed to work. Um, as a teacher, as a pastor, supposed to come alongside and make disciples, and then send them out. And then those disciples are supposed to make disciples and send them out. And, and it's supposed to. That's how it's supposed to grow. And and I get that. And that's that's a hard place for me, dude. Being being vulnerable here as a pastor, right? Is some of it's my superhero complex mm-hmm. or my savior complex. Um, the fact of when I was hired at Southside, my title was the youth minister. Right. I was supposed to minister to the youth. I, I've always hated youth minister. I've always hated that title. But. Instead of, I like the title of the director of student ministry or something like that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, I was, I, this is nothing wrong with Southside. I think this is how the modern church has done it, is the fact of the professional staff of the youth pastor is the one who's supposed to lead the teenagers. Not, I'm the leader of leaders who, my small group leaders and other leaders are the ones who are really ministering to the teens. Right. So should I be a pastor to just my small group leaders and then the small group leaders oversee each little various grouping of teens? And then just like Jesus, you know, Jesus had his 12 disciples, his three closest, and then they all went out there and did that. So, so I guess one question is, what is the work of the ministry, you know? Yeah. To, I mean, I, I'm going to give you my opinion. It doesn't clearly spell it out word for word on, I mean, we're in such a different culture. I mean, back then... Dude, you it's did, not you even the same, dude. Yeah, you didn't even have it. So um, I, I, I can give you my opinion on it from what I see. Um, and thanks for joining, RTC. <laughs> we'll see. No, I'm kidding. I'm my, kidding. Go my, for it, bro. My opinion is... Um, is that you should take, or any pastor should take, um, six to 12 people under their wings and pour into them. Pour into them. Obviously, you're still doing the, the Sunday service. That's just part of... That's part of the gig. That's part of the Western culture. That, that It just is. Well, I would even say early church but, culture, too, but... Somewhat. But you take, just like Paul took Titus, you know, he took them under, or Philip, or, or you know, the, the, they took these people under their wings and taught them everything that they know, right? There was no, right. back then, there was no seminary school. No. There, there was none of that. And, I mean, I'll just... Their throw, seminary was better, because Paul went and studied under, you know, Barnabas for like, and then he was with right. Peter for like three years to or me, whatever. To me, that's how it should be. I, I, sh- I mean, the role of pastor was not how much schooling you had and the title you got. It was... It was you learned from a teacher, and then that teacher said, "I've taught you everything that that I can teach you." Now I'm saying. I think you we ta- do. We, we see the problem with you and me is we have so many conversations off script too. It's kind of I, I, I can't remember if we did this in a podcast or if it was other places, but it's the idea of the uh, the master and the apprentice, right? And this 
I want to say it was a podcast because you talk about a union worker, how right. you get to study under the master for a while. And then after it's like, okay, you're still considered an apprentice, but we're gonna, it's time for you to launch out and, right. and start figuring things out on your own. Then once you become a, the tradesman, now you right. have someone who's an understudy. Yeah. And it's constantly that, that training that goes on. So, um, that's what I think that the responsibility should be. That's your equipping the saints right there. You are uh, teaching a select few. You know, Christ Christ gave sermons, like the Sermon on the Mount. Yep. But then he had a select few he poured into and taught them everything that, that he could in that time that they, their little puny brains could handle from God teaching. But uh, And then they, the apostles went out and took certain people under their wing and poured into them the teachings of Christ and then sent them out. And, and that's how the church obviously got started, and that's how I think we should continue it today. It's like, uh, I think I've mentioned this in a podcast before, or maybe just a conversation we've had. Uh, my godfather gave me this analogy once. He said, you have a bowl of porridge, right? Okay. Your bowl of porridge can't feed 100 people, <laughs> but it can feed two, right? Right, of course. So... Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be better to fill up two people than to leave 100 people starving? Yeah, until you have parents writing you angry letters because you didn't <laughs> choose their two kids. Well, <laughs> that's a different, yeah. And not two. I, right. No, I, I meant two because you meant two for porridge. Right, right. No, I get what you're saying, but uh, it's... The, the, there, there's the a thing about of, the do, thing do about for the, a few that you wish you could do the for The thing all. about the Western culture, right, is that we we like to send our if we're going back to the kids we like to send our youth or our kids off to somebody else to be taught right when that instruction should come at home train up the ways of, of uh, in your children of God that they may what, what, how does it go train up a child in ways should go and when he gets old he shall not walk away from it there you go thank you and this is you're like and if you want to know more about raising your kids to be Christians check out cross like like the cross of Jesus cross formed kids with mm-hmm. Ryan Coatney. There's a link in every single show note to cross formed <laughs> kids with Ryan Coatney. And we got to have him on the podcast soon too. Right. But no, keep going. So, so we, we like to send our people off to the professionals for their teaching. Right. It's just like, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, we go to church. We need the professional. Well, where's your personal study? Where's your pouring into each other? Where's this relationship thing where we walk through life together, where iron sharpens iron. Uh, you know, last week's podcast, uh, we, we started off, you know, with the the scientific stuff. We started off on one note, and as we're going through the podcast, as we're studying, reading the Bible, it's like crap. Well, it's I like, guess nope, I'm wrong. We're both we both started off on a wrong path in the middle of the podcast. Let's fix it. We we came to a good conclusion together. I mean, we were I by mean, reading the scripture, not right. listening to someone. Speak. Right, exactly. Uh, Bible is the most important thing. I don't care what anybody else has said says because anybody else. Um, we'll do interpretation and may twist things or get things wrong. Your job is to study the Word of God. Mm-hmm. That's so your job. Let's let's start to land this plane a little bit. I'm going to ask you one more question. And Wait, how the, did this get to me getting having, having all the questions asked to me? I was supposed to be asking you because I'm, <laughs> bro, I'm a youth pastor. It's my job to well, take a teenager's thought and spin it on its head. And right. Instead of asking me a question, I ask you a question. It's called the Jesus method, so <laughs> or the. Uh, Socratic method. But um, so here's the final question I want to ask. So we've had right. a lot of. Yeah, I hope t- we're tonight, answering. T- well, tonight was a big just it was a conversation like this right. was not a how to. This was a let's just talk about this and, right. and, and reason a little bit together. Let's flesh it but out. Let's a say bit. that somebody, you know, they're serving in church. 
Um, they're, they're, they're one of the big time servers, right? Like right. this is not something that the pastor put on them. Right. This is something they put on their sums, mm-hmm. them, themselves. Mm-hmm. Cause some people do that. Right. When you start to feel burnt out as a volunteer, right. as a servant, as a church member, what do you think someone should do? Uh, I think, well, I mean, I know and what then I'll give you my opinions as a pastor. I know what I did. Like when, when I you had, were feeling burnt out? Well, not burnt out, but when I had to step back from from stuff. Right. And that was talk to leadership and tell them I needed a break for a while. I mean I just call it what it is. Yeah, most leadership uh knows that hey, if you explain things to them, they're gonna yes, they're gonna be sad. Oh, we're but, we're always very sad, but, but we get it. But yeah, they're understanding. At least in my experience, they've always been pretty understanding. The the biggest thing is is when you're burned out not continuing to push yourself mm. and talking and being honest about it because if you're serving with the wrong heart, there's no point in serving. Right. And if you're serving disgruntledly but you're doing it because it's an obligation. And you could be filling a hole that someone else could fill, but you're just hogging the hole. Well, and you could be Maybe. straining your, your faith. Mm. You know, you could be um Hate, hating har- leadership. Har- yeah, harboring bad feelings. Um it's better to pull it's better to go talk to leadership. Before you even get burnt Right. Out. If you're starting to feel burnout, just go talk to your leadership. Say, hey, I'm feeling burnout. I need a break. And I'll let you know when I can come back. And and I'll say this about you. And this this goes back to, you ready? This goes back to the Enneagram and Meyer Briggs. We, we, we didn't talk about the DISC personality, and I felt bad about that. Eight but love five. languages, whatever. Eight wing five. <laughs> there it is. But see, you're since you're self-aware. Right. You can sense, okay, I feel like I'm about to enter into a new season where it's starting to get a little heavy because mm-hmm. you have not pulled out of serving. In fact, right. we're called to serve God, and do you doing this podcast maybe right. isn't benefiting the church in terms of the physical South Side, but right. our job is to serve God, and we're serving God in, in, in this way. Um, but you're very self-aware. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it would be very helpful for some people to be a little bit more self-aware of like, like I, I think of back at the last church I was at, there was one person in particular who they were known for jumping in so fast, and then once they jump in, they go, oh, crap, this is too much. I'm out. Right. And it would be like they would jump in, and what was funny was us staff members knew it. Right. So when they jumped in, we were already working on, okay, what's going to happen when this happens? Right. And then it happened, and we did the plan, and you never thought we missed a beat. Right. That's because we were prepared for that person to do that. So I think in one sense, it help, it's helpful to be self-aware if you know you go too fast. If you're like me, and I'm a yes man, right. where I say yes to everything because it's just, it, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so I think, A, you, you need to be self-aware. B, you have to know when you do serve, it is going to require some sacrifice. Because even with this podcast, it's sacri- I mean, you're, you're, you, you could be home with Janine right now, right. and you're not. I'd, be, I'd probably be in bed with I got right my now. cuddle buddy, Janiel. What's <laughs> up? Actually, dude, I ain't going to bed for forever tonight because I've had way too much caffeine. I know. I'm like wide awake now. I'm like, okay. Time to go read your Bible, people. <laughs> I got a lot of catching up to do in my Bible reading. <clears throat> Goodness. But, um, but, you know, but for me as a church leader, I would much rather you as a church member, like, hey, look, here's the deal. Um, it, I like the way you did it. You said, hey, this is coming up. I'm gonna finish out the month, right? And then I have to. Yeah, bow I said out. it a month, a month That's ahead. That's exactly of time. what right. you did. You walked up to Soche and like, look, here's the deal. We're about to have kid number three. We're doing the podcast. We're busy. I will go to the end of the month, and here's what you said. I don't know if you remember this. You said we'll revisit this at January one of 2020. Right. So we re- well, I didn't revisit because I don't lead worship. But, but I have. You revisited and, it, and, and you were like, nope. 
I there's for the betterment of my family, I cannot do this right at this time. At this time, and but but you revisited it, right. and and so for me as a church leader, I would much rather have a leader come to me like, look. You're, I feel not. I don't want to be like you're asking too much of me, but it's like, look, I feel like I've jumped in a little too far. Right. Let me let, let, me, let me bow out in two weeks. Right. Almost like almost like give a, you some time. Give uh, me some leadership. Time. Right. Because th- there's nothing that I oh, put it this way. It doesn't sound really harsh. If you jump in and bail, I'm going to stop trusting you, and right. I'm not going to ask you to serve anymore right. because I can't trust you. Well, I uh, I think I, my I t- youth leadership. I, totally agree. I trust you guys a lot. I totally agree with you. Um, I want you. You hit on a very good point there. You know, I'm very self aware. You're and, very self aware, and my my mind always thinks that like, hey, everybody's self aware of being burned out, and they're not. So I want to give a quick couple of uh, of key things to look at if you're serving right now, okay, and your relationship with God is struggling, or your relationship with your spouse is struggling, or your relationship with your immediate family is suffering, okay. Or if you're in agony or tired, or then you probably are getting burned out. Go talk to your leadership. Say, hey, you know, be honest with them. I can give you a certain amount of time, and then I need to take a step back. Don't don't just get to the point where you burned out to where you quit, because then you'll quit serving. Period. And and that's not where you want to be. Um, talk to your leadership. Uh, I know our leadership at Southside is, is really good and was really understanding. Um, you know, last year I did quite a bit of stuff between VBS and teaching Sunday school. And um, every year team. your hair's different on VBS. <laughs> I keep people guessing. Kids never know who they're like. Who's this new guy? <laughs> Dude, there. Oh, I won't. Okay, I won't sidetrack. There's a story that when you threw me off mid announcements one time. But keep going. Keep going. Yeah. So. Uh, I would recommend um, taking inventory of where your relationship with God is at. And if you feel it wavering or you feel yourself wavering, talk to leadership. Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to give one resource out real quick. Not give it out because I ain't got that kind of money. But um, (laughs) if you are a member at Southside, I do have these readily available for our church members. Um, But there's a book out there from Tom Rainer. He uh, was the former president of Lifeway Resources. Now he's on his own. He's retired. He's he's one of those dudes who was like 60s, who was like, I took Lifeway as far as I can. It's time for a younger, newer leader to come in. I'm like, dude, this guy's the GOAT. Mm Mm-hmm. Greatest of all time. Thank so, you. Um, but he wrote a book called I Am a Church Member, Discovering the Attitude That Makes the Difference. And that is a phenomenal read that I think every church person needs to read because mm. it talks about how we're not a country club. The church isn't here to serve you. You were put into this church to serve others. So figure out how you can serve others and serve the body. And Fuller, even though you're not leading worship anymore, even though you're not teaching Sunday school, um, you're not involved in children's ministry, you serve in other capacities. Like, right. let's be honest, the podcast is one of those. Um, but I would also say that you still mentor a lot of my teens and, and young mm. adults while, while you're doing that. I think of Jagger, I think of Nathaniel, I think of Eli and, and, and these other people. Um, but, but even more than that, um, if there's a family out there who is the first to jump up to make a meal, it's the Fullers. If there's someone who needs help, it's the Fullers. If I ever have a night where I know I'm like, dude, I am, I am not okay. I can call you up. I can crash on your couch. Yep. Like that's 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 where you and Janiel are at right now. Right. I mean, dude, we've even had small groups at your house. 
I'll, I'll just say, I spent Thanksgiving with your family, bro, and almost Christmas. By the way, we love that. That was legit. <laughs> it was like, awesome. Like, I almost meant Christmas with your family, because that's the type of people you are. You're, right. you're, you guys have the gift of hospitality, and right. you guys do it. You know, there's so many different ways to serve the church. And, and serving doesn't always necessarily mean in the church in the nursery, building. In the nursery on or, Sunday yeah, morning. It doesn't. I mean, there's other ways you can serve the church, and the church doesn't have to be, for us, south side. The church can be Christians outside. It could be um, giving funds to missionaries. It could be all sorts of ways you can serve. Uh, God doesn't say, well, because you're a member at Southside, you can only serve at Southside. Right. You can, if you don't feel comfortable or if you don't have any gifts that Southside needs at the moment, I am sure there is somewhere somebody needs your gift. And the biggest gift, I don't even want to say this, the gift, biggest call that we have is we're called to be disciples who make disciples. So if you're looking at your life going, dude, I don't know where on earth to serve. Go find a disciple, bro. Find one person to pour into. Pour, start pouring into them. I think that's a good place to end it, yeah. man. So if you have any more conversations or questions you want to bring up, um, whether me as a pastor or Fuller as Fuller. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to, bro. But like um, feel free to DM us, message us. Do you know what DM means, Fuller? Uh, direct message. Nice. It's social media. Man. So you can DM us. You can message us. Email us, do whatever you got to do, but we want to keep this conversation going. So feel free to reach out to us in any way that you can. But we can't end the podcast yet because we still have a fun fact with Fuller, and I chose not to read this one. What? All I know is that there's a lobster involved <laughs> for fun facts with Fuller. We've pulled up to the train station. Now we're getting. I looked the down train. and read lobster and went, nope, I don't even want to read this. <laughs> I, want, I want Fuller right. to tell me. So I'm going to learn and be educated. Educated. In the same way. I'm, I'm going to learn you something right here. You're learn. What? <laughs> We've been listening to way too much country music. Oh, not country music, but twangy music. Twangy music, yep. All right. Give it so, to me, bro. Fun facts today. Lobsters communicate with their bladders. <laughs> what? No way. <laughs> Lobsters have bladders on either side of their heads, so they communicate by urinating at each other. <laughs> if they want another lobster to know that they're happy or sad or angry or interested in a relationship, they say it with pee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing, <laughs> hey, <laughs> dude. All I picture is little kids where it's like, oh my, <laughs> wow. I can't even. That's just yeah. Awkward. So, Yo. you know, next time I say hello, I'm just gonna pee. No, on her. <laughs> next time you do are not gonna pee on me. You're gonna don't even shake my hand. I don't even trust that anymore, dude. Don't even hug me. Just stay away. Stay ten feet away from me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go purell myself. That's go bathe in it. So moral of the story yeah. is if a lobster pees on you, <laughs> they're saying hello. They're saying hello, or they're saying please don't cook me. Right. One Could of be. the two. There's no transition. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll just end it there. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, if you guys who have stayed with us till the end, we love you more than all the other people. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to Real Talk Christian. To help get our podcast into the ears of other people who need to hear these conversations, we would love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. To keep the conversations going, feel free to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and share our content with others. See you next time.